And this time each every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good morning, Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Pashas Nosso. Pashas Nosso has a distinction of containing the most number of psukim in the Torah, 176. Interestingly, the longest chapter in Tanakh is that of Tehillim. Kufya Tess 119, and that contains 176 psukim, and the longest volume of Torah Shabal Peh of Shas is that of Bava Basra, with, by now you guessed it, 176 uh, blat. According to the Chinuch, the Parsha of Naso contains seven positive mitzvos, mitzvos asay, and eleven prohibitions, mitzvos los asay. Included in the parsha, you have the halacha of ish es kadashav lo yeyeh, the beautiful idea, not only in accordance with the literal understanding that the Jewish farmer was able to give his truma and ma'aser to whichever Kohen Levi he wanted, but on a much deeper level, says the Chafetz Chaim, Seichet Tzadik Levracha, Ish es Kadoshav lo yiyeh, namely, that which is holy, that which you give away, Lo with a vav, possessive, yeah, yeah, that is yours. Ultimately, what do you take with you? That which you give, lo yeah, that's yours. You have in Parshas Naso the story of the Sota, the laws of the Nazir, Birkas Kohanim, the mitzvah for the Kohanim to bless the people. And finally, the length of the parasha comes from the fact that the Torah repeats the specific offering that each of the princes brought at the occasion of the dedication of the Mishkan. And the Torah repeats this no less than 12 times. Let's begin with this repetition, which clearly troubles many of the Mefarshim. It troubles the Medrash, Rabbeinu Bachaya, Sapurno, and so many of the commentaries. We know if there's not an extra word, not an extra letter in the Torah, why does the Torah repeat the what appears to be identical offering 12 times. And the answer that the Midrash and the Mepharshim that I cited give is that while on the surface it might appear to be the same, in reality they were very different. They were different because the motivation 
which each tribe brought for their respective carbon was different. Indeed, I think we can appreciate it that in place of carbonos today, in place of the offerings, is prayer. And while each of us say the identical prayer, each one of us brings to the prayer and takes from the prayer a different perspective. And so, for example, both the tribe of Yisachar and Zavulun points out Rapinkis, Pinkis, Levracha, in his Tiferes Torah, each of them brought a Korban Ola. A Korban Ola is reflective of Mesiras Nefesh, an incredible sense of literally selflessness, devotion to God. The tribe of Zavulun, who were literally merchants and went out on the seas in order to bring to various countries the wares, to bring back import-export, they looked upon their korban, Ola, as a demonstration of their Mesiras Nefesh for God, for the tribe of Yisachar that they were supporting, and in their minds, wow, this is Mesiras Nefesh. Their brother that they were supporting, they were proud of, but my goodness, what kind of Mesiras Nefesh is that? When you are sitting in the base Midrash, literally, Me'ain Olam Haba. And the tribe of Yisachar, who was sitting in the base Midrash, said to themselves, My goodness, my brother, he is going and he's traveling all over the world, and it's exciting on his behalf. That's Mesiras Nefesh. We have Mesiras Nefesh in the sense that we close out the material world for the most part and we delve into Torah. Each one brought their own uniqueness and individuality. So that in reality, what you have from the Nasim is this kind of mizug, this kind of blend, this kind of integration between, on the one hand, individuality, and on the other hand, a kind of uniformity. And, in reality, this is what and how the Parsha continues. In last week's Parsha of Bamidbar, we have the counting of B'nai Yisrael. Now watch, regarding the counting of B'nai Yisrael, it really is almost most strange that the Torah calls the counting B'mispar Shemos, literally by number, by name. The two together is almost an oxymoron, namely, the mispar represents 
a fusion, a union, a joining together. You can only count those things that are united. I cannot count tables and chairs because they are separate unless I combine them by calling them pieces of furniture. So numbers is what connects and unites. A shame, a name, is what gives each individual, each object, its uniqueness, its independence. By counting them, the mispar shamos, the Torah is saying, look here, each individual is a mispar, he's part of the bigger picture, he's part of the seaboard, he's part of the whole. But at the same time, you're not to lose your individuality. You've got a name. You've got your own identity. And it's this mizug, it's this blending, integrating those two factors, which represents a very special theme to our parsha. And so, moving on in the parsha, what do we find? We have the sota, and we have the Nazir. The Sota, by her actions, the suspected adulteress, she is running towards the accent on the more physical pleasures of life. And the Nazir, the Nazirite, who takes a vow of abstinence minimally for 30 days from wine, from cutting his hair from attending funerals. He is running away from the physical. And in reality, what the Torah is telling us is that both extremes are no good. In fact, it's a major debate between the Rambam and the Ramban as to why the Nazir is called a chote, because when he finishes his term of being a nazir, one of the offerings that he brings is a chatos, a sin offering. The Ramban is very sharp and says, why does he bring his sin offering? Because he is returning for and to his former way. And that in of itself is a kind of urida. That in of itself is a kind of diminution. And therefore, he brings a chatos to reflect this now decline in stature. But the Rambam learns differently. The Rambam says that while the Nazir might well have been motivated, but the manner in which he did it, to abstain, is not the ideal. The ideal is that we are put into this world to enjoy. We're put into this world to take wine as we do, please God, tonight, and we lift up the cup. By lifting up the cup, we are basically demonstrating that we are uplifting the physical. The ability for us to take literally the physical aspects of this world and to infuse them with sanctity and kedusha. And so, 
either extreme is no good, and in reality, this is what we find in Birkas Koanim. The three verses of Birkas Koanim, as found in this week's parsha, namely, Yivorechacha Hashem V'yishmerecha, this is understood to be the bracha of Gashmius, that God should reward the Jewish people with sustenance, that which they need. The second blessing, Yo'er Hashem Ponov Elecha, literally, Hashem should illuminate His countenance for you. This is the concept of spirituality. So, what is the third bracha? The Yosem Lecha Shalom, the proper integration between the two. And here is where the challenge comes. That in reality, each person, each Jew, has this very delicate task that he has to balance. On the one hand, he's part of the tzibur, part of the klau, part of the community. The community needs him, he needs the community. But on the other hand, there is his individuality. And once again, I turn to Rav Pincus, who says something very sharp, and that is as follows. We are familiar with the Zohar that says, and what is another significance to the very name Yisrael? He says the Zohar, Yesh Shishim Rebo Osios Latora. There are 600,000 letters in the Torah. The number 600,000 is reminiscent of the Jewish people, so each Jew represents another letter in the Torah. And remember, in accordance with Jewish law, each letter must be separate one from the other. Says Rav Pincus, excuse me, there are no 600,000 letters in the Torah. The number is approximately half. And he suggests a very sharp resolve. He says whenever a scribe writes a letter in the Torah, first he does so in a light outline form, which he calls the letters of Lavan. And then when he has the form which is clearly visible, then he fills in each letter with the black ink. So in reality, it's both the white and the black which yield the number 600,000. The very powerful lesson for each and every one of us is as follows, that each and every Jew must begin by recognizing he is bound to the Torah. He's bound by the laws of the Torah. And once he realizes that he has, by definition, the laws of the Torah which govern his life, then the black ink on each letter representing each person's individuality. Some people sing the davening, others recite it out loud, others to themselves. Each person brings their own nature. Torah, Avoda, Gemilas Hasadim, we need all parts to make that total unit. And 
let's close with a very powerful introduction to the book of Bereshis by the Nitziv, who says, ouch, at the time of Bias Shani, the problem was that each group only recognized the authenticity of their group and didn't recognize represent and didn't give honor and homage to the others. As long as they are rooted in Torah, Parshas Naso teaches that the twelve Nisim each had a different approach to God and each one respected the other. That was the greatness of the Nisim and that is the challenging lesson that Parshas Naso presents to each and every one of us. Shabbat Shalom to all.